like watching people watch ping pong. You know, they're just following that fork into the bowl and the fork right back into your mouth. And it's like, it could be, I don't care. It could be something they hate. It could be broccoli. But since you're salad. eating it, you're like. And they want it. Right. Like, like oh, hey, um, what are you eating? <laughs> I'm just eating a bowl of broccoli. And you hate broccoli. Well, yeah, but, but it looks good the way you're eating it. <laughs> With a fork? Yeah, I don't know what you did Cut to that into broccoli. small pieces? What? <laughs> I, it's just like, I, it's it's the weirdest thing. Oh, you know, the other thing that I had, um, I knew that uh, the little girl wasn't going to want this, uh, but I had like toast with uh, scallion cream cheese and smoked salmon on it. Yum. Yum, right? Absolutely. And <laughs> so I was eating this and she like grabs it from me, doesn't ask. And she takes a bite and like the face that she made was priceless. Just like, oh my God, so salty, so nasty. <laughs> like, what is, what are you doing? Why are you eating that lady? <laughs> told you you wouldn't like it. I told you you wouldn't like it. And then you didn't listen. <laughs> well, it gets even, like it ruins it for me. Cause like once the kids have put their mouth on whatever I'm about to eat, I'm grossed out. Yeah. And you know what it is and I remember your thing about like not liking a, to like drink from like drinks yeah, that other I'm a, people. Yeah, You're I'm not, not a, a drink sharer. sharer. No. And I get that now because I have seen like the way that little kids are like keep, they leave little food particles in their mouths. They they aren't like their mouth isn't they're not like washing it down with water after every time that they swallow. The way that I eat, I like, you know, I'm an adult. I'm like washing washing <laughs> everything down with water. So my mouth is relatively like empty of food particles. <laughs> if I'm going to go take a sip of somebody's drink to taste it, there are not going to be little crumbs that are going to drip out of my mouth into their. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually thought of it that way. Oh, which uh, only makes me want to dig in more on the fact that I will never share. But my thing, but my thing with the kids is that it's like they don't know how to use their spit. They just get it everywhere. <laughs> it's like this. You're not a fly. You don't have to put stuff all over to pre-digest the food before it hits your mouth. You can just put the food in your mouth and then do it that way. Ugh. Kids are gross. Disgusting. You're listening to No Good Parents. I'm Brian. <laughs> and I'm Ariel. Now, you must not mistake this podcast for anything that is remotely helpful or educational. This is just not what we do here. In the world of No Good Parents, um, it's entirely based on a reality that does not exist. In the world of no good parents, there are no rules, and there is no such thing as child abuse. If you want genuine expert advice on parenting, this is not the podcast for you. Go listen to, like, someone else's show. Yeah, there are a lot of serious ones. Check them out. They know what they're doing. They know. Uh, <laughs> this week, we're talking about bathroom stuff. <laughs> we all know it. I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> uh, we, we all know everybody poops, but we probably know more about our kids' bathroom behaviors than we ever thought we'd ever need to know or want to know. Uh, so let's get into some scenarios. Okay. Do you want to do scenarios? Sure. We can. Um, yeah, let's do scenarios. Okay. All right. So in this scenario, your baby thinks it seems fun to play with his older sister's plastic toilet and tries to wear the toilet bowl like a hat whenever he gets his hands on that thing what do you do? Ooh. All right, Brian. Well, I think that he's never seen anyone else do this with the toilet bowl, presumably. This isn't a thing that, like, 
parents are doing, this isn't a thing sibling is doing. Um, so I think that the only explanation for why he's doing this is that there is some sort of spirit or voice present that is telling him <laughs> to do this. Is that what it is? <laughs> please continue so i think that the bathroom might be haunted and that's why uh your baby is using the toilet bowl in this fashion just because there's this there's a spirit that's uh guiding him in this direction um so i think that the best solution is going to be to tell that spirit to leave so you need to do a saging and a cleansing ritual in that bathroom <laughs> seems like a lot of work <laughs> It's worth it, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I just tend to think this is normal kids being kids, right? I mean, everything kind of seems to be something to play with. And, you know. But if I, it's not I, a toy, then the spirit must have told them to play with it. No, I mean, listen, I think kids are creative enough to look at something and go, well, that's a cool hat. Um, and I think this is really a perfect opportunity to build your baby's immune system. I mean, you know, I, like, I don't think there's anything behaviorally wrong with this, um, but, but again, a good opportunity. Letting your baby just randomly dump urine remnants and possibly fecal <laughs> remnants on his or her head. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I seriously, like, I wouldn't even clean out the potty at this point. I just let the baby continue to play with the potty. I, oh. I may even serve meals out of it. Because I'll tell you, you know, it's really, like, <laughs> seriously. And this is, this is, this is real science, right? You know what really builds a baby's immune system? What's that? Surviving cholera. Oh. It totally does. <laughs> so that's my take on that. Oh, give your baby food poisoning instead of cleansing the, the room of the spirits that are evil and telling your baby to do this. Makes sense. Makes so much sense. All right. Let's do the next one. <laughs> your nine-year-old has some digestive issues. He goes days without pooping and then unleashes monster turds when he eventually goes, often clogging your toilet. What do you do? Well, I think first, the most important part of this is you need to invest in a poop knife. <laughs> and like, seriously, um, you'd be surprised how well, like even a common butter knife can keep your plumbing functional in this situation. What do you... <laughs> Where do you keep the poop knife? How often do you clean it? I have so many questions. Well, if, if it's just a butter knife, I keep it in the drawer with all the, the silverware. No, no, you can't keep that in the No, totally true. Drawer. But the bigger issue here, obviously, is you got to figure out what's blocking the kid up. So I think really in this case, you have to go with a super powerful laxative. Because mm. seriously, in the belly, that's where all the bad stuff comes from. For a nine-year-old? So Absolutely. You're not, you don't go with a laxative made for kids. You go for an equine laxative. You want to clear that blockage out. And if it's good enough and strong enough for the horse, it's good enough for your kid. And when the kids like starts asking why his stomach is always cramping, you just tell them there's, those are growing pains and, and you're going to be okay. His poop is never solid. But you know what? Why he's just pooping. He's liquid. not going to be in. I mean, he'll get used to the pain, the cramping. Well, you, you're going to have to come up with a solution. If you're going to go with equine, laxatives and how are you replenishing the electrolytes and the fluids that he's losing i haven't thought that far ahead but seriously i mean steady diet of gatorade works just fine <laughs> treat the kid like he's got the flu or pedialyte if that's what you're into well i have a much uh, more gentler solution for this um obviously i think that 
initially you should, if, if he's assuming that he's getting enough fiber in his normal daily diet and assuming that uh, you've tried a few mild, safe laxatives for children, maybe some Equine? like a uh, psyllium husk, maybe like something a little more natural and herbal. Um, I think that if that's not working, then you might want to try some healing crystals, uh, some crystals that are sort of... Is that to take orally or is that to put near your belly? I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> I'm going to explain how it works. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Obviously. I'm going to explain how it works and which crystals are best to use. Um, so for uh, any sort of digestive issues or uh, health problems in the, in the stomach region, uh, peridot amethyst and citrine are all excellent choices for healing crystals and you can use these crystals in a lot of different ways um so for peridot they're they're nice you can they're they're kind of smooth so you can hold one in your hand and just kind of rub it so you have like sort of a little meditative ritual that helps with like with the relaxing and calming that can lead to more regular bowel movements. But if he's holding it in his hand and the problem's in his belly, it's I, the, it's, I it mean, sounds like you're doing this wrong. Brian, it's, it's the energy from the healing crystals. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sure. And amethyst obviously is a really beautiful, it's a really beautiful crystal. So um, he might like a nice piece of jewelry with some amethyst that might help uh, with not just uh, his digestive issues, but just staying calm and serene in general. Um, and citrine, which is very versatile and uh i think it would make like a nice decoration if you just like put a citrine crystal in his bedroom that could sort of uh dissipate the healing properties into the room mm. maybe in the bathroom or or yeah. both why not both well because i mean it just seems like energy can flow anywhere so may as well you know i mean you can have it right in the living room and that energy flow right to the bathroom well, yeah. I mean, I just think more is always better when it comes to crystals. I feel the same way, except with laxatives. <laughs> more is more, and more is better. That's what I think. Uh, okay. Is it your turn or my turn? It's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah. So, this scenario, your toddler often forgets to warn you before she goes into the bathroom and then screams loudly for assistance when she's done and needs immediate help cleaning herself up. This is obviously problematic if you're busy with another task at the time. So what do you do? So I have a really simple solution for this one. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, she is having a communication issue. So her issue is that she's forgetting to communicate when she goes into the bathroom to go do her business. Um, and I think that this could be simplified and like made a little bit more fun by giving her some easy and uh, like fun, I already said fun, but just giving her a really easy way to communicate when she goes into the bathroom. So what I would do is buy her a bathroom gong. 
so she can just hit the gong first thing when she goes into the bathroom so that I know she's going into the bathroom. Like, okay, she's in there. She hit the gong. It's happening. I'm going to prepare myself. And you like gong better than whistle, let's say. I do. I like a gong. It's a nice, like, calming sound. And it's, it's, it's not too aggressive. Whistle sounds like you did something wrong, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess that makes sense. I, You know, I tend to be a little more practical on these matters. And I think, you know, as I've said many times on this podcast. A gong uh, is also like a musical instrument. So she's like learning an, another skill at the same time. I mean, is it? It's a percussion instrument. I mean, it is, but like theoretically you hit it once. I mean, like at the end of a song, like even with a lot but of gong in it, it's like you hit it like... You hit the gong, what, 10 times in the whole song? Like five times? <laughs> Don't you think it would be more fun for her to hit a gong than blow a whistle, though? No, seriously. I mean, just on the, the fa- <laughs> like, just having this conversation, I would like to buy a bathroom gong, but not for any of the reasons you just suggested. <laughs> I think, and I've said this many times, that kids have to learn how to handle themselves. Like, that's the whole point of this parenting thing. And you know what? Life can come at you fast, and sometimes you just have to grow up, and that's what kids need to learn. So the simple solution here is to not assist the child and make them figure it out for themselves. Sure, there's going to be a lot of crying, but your child will one day look back at this experience and thank you for it. You know why? Because they'll no longer have itchy butt as adults, but they're going to have it for a little bit as kids, and this is going to help fix the whole thing. Well, I think that my kid is going to thank me for the bathroom gong, too, so, you know. I mean, maybe because the idea sounds fun. And of every, like of all the solutions to the scenarios we've ever presented, I like this one most because you get to play with a gong while you're in the bathroom. But come on, kids got to learn to take care of their stuff. Handle that, like learn that stuff early. Just I saying, mean, you because know, you're not always going to be there to wipe the bum. Okay, I'll, I think that you have a valid point about independence, but let's move on. All right, well... We'll get to more scenarios in a minute. Thank you so much for joining us on the No Good Parents podcast. We'll be right back after this. Does your child live for Starbucks and laying out by the pool all summer? Yeah, please. Does she always give you the eye roll when you try to serve breakfast with no avocado toast? Yeah, please. Let's be honest, she probably already has more Instagram followers than you and you don't even want to know what she's doing for a zillion hours on TikTok. If you don't know what to do with her because she just can't even with you anymore, you're in luck. Let her live her best basic bitch life any week this summer at the Basics in Training Camp. All day, every day, our kids are allowed unlimited phone scrolling and lounging by the pool time and three Starbucks breaks a day. Our Basic Bitch Cafe offers an amazing selection of vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, Whole30 approved paleo and keto-friendly meal options. Other activities include outfit of the day contests, TikTok dance choreography sessions, and daily personalized horoscope analysis with our in-house astrologer. 
Sign your little basic bitch up today to make sure she lives up to all of that basic potential she has and to get her the F out of your house this summer. Visit www.basicsintraining.com for more info and to reserve your spot today. Important not to be confused with basic training like for the military. We don't do that stuff here. Yeah. Welcome back to No Good Parents. Uh, this week, we are addressing the bathroom uh, with, with the scenarios like this one. <laughs> so your teenage son sometimes locks himself in the bathroom for up to an hour, refusing to consider the rest of the family's time or need to use the room. What do you do? All right, I'm going to need a minute on this one because <laughs> I have some thoughts. Oh, do you? <laughs> yes. First, hiding in the bathroom is completely acceptable when you become a father. But when you're a teenage boy, we know exactly what you're doing in there. We know. Now, obviously, this kind of self-love is depraved and goes against everything our Lord and Savior is about. I absolutely disagree. I think it's perfectly perfectly natural. But I said I need a minute. Okay. I'll give you your time, Senator. Um. (laughs) Are we debating? Is that what's happening? I I felt that that might happen. (laughs) But I think you, first, you must openly shame the child as to protect his very mortal soul. There's nothing more important than his soul, right? You're just protecting his soul. And I would immediately password protect any device that might give him access to adult content. Also, also, and this is the big one, and this works, Remove every door from the hinges that might grant that child any amount of privacy, his bathroom, his bedroom. And if it's a communal bathroom, the whole family's got to be in on this because it's important that you protect your child's soul. That, I mean, this is what it comes down to. You don't want this amount of self-pleasure. And it's absolutely true that idle hands are the devil's playthings. So you have to make sure that you keep his hands busy. Yeah. <laughs> They can attend to those needs after they're married. Yeah, oh, that's right. See, as coming from a place where um, I believe in a more sex-positive approach. I think it's very positive. I think that uh, it's perfectly natural if he's um, discovering the pleasures of his own body. And he has every right to do that, but... The, the issue here is I see it isn't whether or not he's masturbating and uh, whether or not that's okay, I, because I think that that's totally fine. Um, the issue is that he's taking up this space that it needs to be used by other people. Um, so I think that, uh, first of all, it's important to have a conversation about masturbation and let him know that it's totally normal, to- totally fine. Like he doesn't have to feel bad about it if that's what he's doing. Make sure that he um, he knows where to find some feminist porn. Um, feminist find- porn. Yeah, he has to find some porn that isn't degrading to women and sort of um, celebrates uh, the experience that our bodies were made to have and not degrades what i mean i don't i don't i obviously don't watch porn um (laughs) ever i'm even offended by the word porn and the word masturbate but that being the case since those things are out there um i mean 
if you're going to introduce the kid to porn, you should introduce him to good porn and not the porn you're talking about, right? Um, I think- not that I would ever do that because, again, big guys watching. But I'm just saying. I think that porn that is respectful and loving and caring, like that's depicting lovemaking, that is all of those things, can be really enjoying, enjoyable. Like, hmm. I think that could be a really enjoyable experience for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, introducing- I, Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. Please continue. Introducing him to uh, respectful porn, um, mostly created by- uh, women for women but he needs to understand uh like respecting women as is part of is part of sex and that's uh if if assuming that he's straight assuming that he's straight which i i can't assume he might not be in which case you know i don't know very much about gay porn but we'll we would have to sort of go on that journey together to presumably find a, you'd want at that point something that was respectful Exactly. Respectful, to the men. respectful and, and, to, to the butt sex. Yes. No. no. Um, and then, and I, I guess what I'm asking is, is, is it still called porn if it's respectful? Is there another word? Um, filmed sexual encounters. Maybe oh. that. Maybe that's that's more what, what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I the whole thing. I mean, again, if I were into that kind of entertainment, what you just described sounds boring. But that's, uh, but I'm not, so to I can't each judge. Their own, Brian. To each their own, and that's you know, right. Whatever you're into, it's totally fine, unless it hurts people. That's right. <laughs> or doesn't respect them, darn it. Exactly. It has to be respectful and not. I find in most adult situations uh, regarding two people trying to procreate respect is definitely the thing that gets you there every time <laughs> i've always said that All so right. moving on um <laughs> i'm still i'm still on this one okay so, uh, my apologies yeah so after we've sort of tackled the whole masturbation issue make sure he's comfortable make sure he's not watching anything horrible um we need to find a new space for him to be engaging in this uh we need to make like a basement yeah sort of um any kind of any kind of space that's private uh that he uh can be alone and undisturbed that isn't uh in the way of other people so the bathroom that is shared obviously not the best place to be uh self-pleasuring if other people need to use that room so maybe um we Jimmy, can... go masturbate in the basement. Well, that sounds we... horrible. Remember, I, I we can get him like a little yurt and put that in the a yard. Yurt. A little masturbation yurt. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember hearing a commercial about that somewhere. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of like creating these spaces for kids, just like safe spaces for them to have their own have their own thing. And maybe for him, that's a mm. masturbation yurt in the yard. A masturbation yard yurt. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to uh, cut you off any further. Are Are you ready to progress to the next? I'm scenario? done. Okay. That was my that was my last suggestion for that one. Uh, you know what? The yard yurt seems awesome. Um, <laughs> 
So in this scenario, your toddler gets easily distracted when he is using the bathroom and sometimes gets caught up in his make-believe games instead of focusing on the task at hand. This is kind of similar to the last scenario, only this scenario is with a younger participant. Uh, so <laughs> you grow impatient waiting for him to finish his business. And let's face it, we know toddlers do this. So uh, Ariel, what do you do? So it's never too young, Brian. It's never too young to start learning the joys of meditation. Oh. So um, I think that this, that toddlers especially benefit from learning how to focus and develop an intention through uh, concerted efforts at meditation. And I think that maybe the key here is sort of getting, helping your toddler get centered and meditate before going into the bathroom so that they. Oh, I, yeah. thought, you were, I thought you were talking about like legitimately meditating while on I don't know. I, I think that the the act of defecating might be a little distracting from a meditation practice. Hmm. But I think engaging in a quick meditation before going into the bathroom would really help focus a child. Sort of like a coach before the football game, like where he dresses a team is like, we're gonna get it. We're gonna exactly we're gonna like a like almost 60 like minutes self, and we're gonna like a self-pep talk, like oh. Like you maybe uh, teach your teach your child a little mantra. They can say it over and over again before they go in. Hmm. You will feel better after you poop. You will feel better after you poop. You will feel better after you poop. You will have success want. pooping, and you will do it economically and efficiently. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I mean, that's listen. If it if you it, know how I feel about meditation, I just, if it works for the Miami Dolphins, then it can work for your kids. I'm I'm all for it. I would go about it differently, <laughs> but still, I think here, uh, realistically, with, with a kid, it's easily distracted and taking too long in the bathroom because you know there's kind of like off in la la land. I think the most logical thing here to do is to make the bathroom an unbelievably scary place <laughs> for a toddler. This is going to work. I mean, if your bathroom is already haunted, it might be anyways. Well, in your house, that's a real possibility. <laughs> but in most people's homes, probably not. So I recommend scary posters all over the bathroom walls. Like whoever you found scary, and especially for like your toddler kid, like, I mean, come on, Freddy Krueger. Like we laugh about those movies now, but his picture on, on the bathroom wall is going to freak the kids out. It's going to be great. So scary posters all over the bathroom walls and um, a small device that plays scary sounds like maybe like a light scratching or like a growling or a kind of a thing, heavy breathing. Um, also it'd be a good idea to use either very dim lighting, like, so it's dingy or like a buzzing flashing fluorescent light. So it looks Something like to make the room off. Saw. Um, I, like, I mean, I, I never saw those movies. Oh, but, but but yeah, if if the point is the, the people were uncomfortable, which I, because I know those were horror movies. So yeah, same kind of thing. Um, the most important thing here is to remember the idea is to make the kid really dread having to use the restroom at all. So they weren't <laughs> going to waste all your damn time just and sitting then, in there daydreaming. And then going to give them the equine laxatives when they inevitably just... That's it. They'll get used to them eventually. Seriously, Ariel, <laughs> you have to realize, right? And, th and I think this is the crux of, of the difference between how you and I parent. Uh -huh. You can't let your kids inconvenience you. The world <laughs> is not going to coddle your children and neither should you. 
that's just how I feel about it. All right. I don't, I don't think it's coddling to just practice empathy and approach things with an open mind. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I can't think of anything more open-minded than putting pictures of Freddy Krueger or whatever it is all over your bathroom walls. And by the time they're teenagers, their friends are going to think it's awesome. So just remember that. Uh, all right. Should we do some news? Should we do we no good totally. news? Totally. I love this because we get the music and that makes me happy um, <laughs> for for no good news. Uh, now, so this, no is, good news. this is a news feature uh, about no good parents in the news. And they're not all no good parents. They're usually just kind of weird stories. Nobody's good at parenting and... Uh, you know, we're all just doing our best. That's pretty much so, it. So here at No Good Parents, we like to call out some parents who uh, maybe didn't try their best. <laughs> well, I don't know how, well, let's just, let's get to this story and then, yeah. Uh, so the story goes that um, while this child was being watched by their 19 year old babysitter, at $20 an hour, mm. the sitter took a 20-minute call outside, leaving uh-huh. the child unsupervised. Okay. Now, How while the baby... The I didn't get that part. Okay. Toddler, Don't... so, so young. Okay, little kid, 20 minutes, kind of a long time to be left. Super long time. Now, while the sitter was on her call, the child broke her father's $2,000 guitar. Yikes. And now the dad wants the sitter to pay for that guitar because she wasn't doing the job. Hmm. Now, the babysitter claimed to have an emergency that required her to be on the call and is offered free babysitting services to make up for it, but the father's not having any of that. He wants he wants the money. Oh, okay. It's kind of an intense story. It is. Um, intense all around, really. Hmm. Uh not ideal to take a 20 minute phone call while you're watching a toddler. Um, I'm not sure why you need to step outside. There's not really that much that you can say in front of a toddler that like that they might recall. Yeah. Mm. What, what are you going to say in front of the toddler that they can't hear if it's an emergency? I think that obviously you need to take the call, but why do you need to step outside? Anyways, neither here nor there. That's what happened. (laughs) Um, I just, I think, um, I don't think that you can hold a babysitter responsible for breaking your valuables in your home that your kids have access to. That's not really your, the babysitter's job is to keep your kids safe and to keep them, um, basically more kind of entertained obviously it's not necessary to be entertained constantly but entertained healthy happy kid that's a babysitter's job it's not your babysitter's job to take care of your entire house and protect all of your valuables if a burglar comes into your home while while you have a babysitter is it the babysitter's fault if stuff gets stolen i don't think so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in a lot of ways you and I are close on this, but completely, completely miles apart. Yeah. Um, first, I would say that this is incident really shows why a 19-year-old is not qualified to be a babysitter. 
um, you don't leave a toddler unattended for 20 minutes ever, 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 never. 20 minutes is a long time. Uh, to do a lot of damage um, and yeah. not just to the property. But um, 20 but, minutes is a long time in which a toddler could have hurt him or herself. Right. Particularly on a guitar. Uh, guitars, you know, <laughs> there are ways to hurt yourself on a guitar. Um, a $2,000 guitar most likely weighs about eight to nine pounds, maybe 10, somewhere in there. Um, so, more if it's, if it's a, like a, Gibson I mean, also Paul. what is the toddler doing to, to completely destroy a $2,000? Well, and I would imagine for any guitar that's exposed, it's on a stand, which means it could fall and hurt the child, which obviously would have been the most awful thing that could have happened from the story, but, but losing out on the $2,000 guitar is kind of a so deal. For I, as, you, the as, worst case scenario would be the toddler and the guitar. <laughs> Both, both. Well, yeah, the sitter made an awful decision. And and obviously, like I said, that could have had much worse consequences. So I think she's somewhat lucky. Now, no matter what happens, that girl did not do her job, no matter how you slice it, because for 20 minutes, she was off the clock and she should immediately be fired. Okay. For sure. No Again, free babysitting. Guitar enthusiast, you got to take the sitter to court to try to get your money for the replacement guitar. <laughs> No. <laughs> ironically, absolutely. Um, I, she ironically, she doesn't night, have that kind of money. She can earn it. Listen, she can go you know, screw other people's families. No one's going to hire her families and 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 their kids with her bad service and pay you that money because that's what should happen. Um, ironically, this 19-year-old sitter is now the child in this dynamic, and the parents must now teach her the lesson. Anything <laughs> less than full restitution is unacceptable uh, and a story you are you are mean first of all like seriously you cannot leave a child unattended near a guitar not only because of the guitar's value but because of the potential to hurt the toddler like it's just it's it's it, i just think this is the easiest thing ever like yeah. right like you have one job you nitwit you 19-year-old dummy. <laughs> One job, which, by the way, whatever your stupid emergency is, because I don't care that Kayla's boyfriend doesn't love her anymore. The toddler doesn't care. My family doesn't care. Kid could have been hurt. My guitar was. And I'm going to, I'm mad. So I, I just, yeah. You're the anger. Yeah, You're I don't the think anger. the 19-year-old. I think, Brian, I think you deserves need to the excuse. Few, I think you need to take a few calming breaths before we do the food Kid food pairings. Because no, we're going to move on to that. Take who who doesn't respect guitars? Okay. Take some breaths. Um... Meditating doesn't work. <laughs> All right. So every every episode, we're doing some kid food and drink pairings. So suggestions of what you can pair with your kids' favorite foods. So these are like kind of mediocre meals that you can spice up with maybe some booze. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what, we're, what we're doing this week. So we're doing, um, we're pairing with fish sticks. I'm, I'm excited for this one, actually. Okay. And this yeah, will get me works. over the guitar thing. All right. Now, fish sticks. <laughs> well, so like the, the thing I like uh, that I dig about fish sticks is, is at least in my house, we don't do fish sticks all the time. It's, it's sort of a rarity. So when it comes up, it's still one of those foods I can like eat and like relate to my childhood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's important here 
for me, and I, I, ever since I'm a, a little boy, uh, the pepper in, in the fish stick batter, right? And some are more peppery than others. I literally so I, have no idea what you're even talking about. I've probably had fish sticks once in my life. <laughs> well, some some of us were latchkey kids, and that's that's we had I, we had a lot of fish sticks. I mean, I and you so, know what it was. You know what it was. It's not that I didn't ever have frozen food. My mom was allergic to shellfish, so we didn't have seafood. That, but shellfish is one type of fish. There's no shellfish. You didn't ever want to have seafood in the house because the smell was so like triggering for her. And I would. I would also say that I'm not entirely sure that it's actually fish in a fish stick. I don't know. I'm not an expert, <laughs> but, but so take my word for it. Okay. A peppery batter. Um, and okay. I'll tell you which brands those are when we're not on. Okay. Um, yeah. They're not sponsoring to, this. So we don't, we to, don't need to. Right. But the peppery batters are better. And with that, I would pair it with a white Zinfandel. And frankly, white Zinfandel. the cheaper and sweeter the better works really well against that peppery batter. Blech. Now, a, a regular old Pilsner works really well too. But if you're gonna oh, go wine, kind of nice. That sounds kind of British, actually, like fish and chips with a like. A who knew, of, right? Yeah. I mean, who knew? I mean, you don't I mean, have they're, they're fries, food. but whatever. All right, fish sticks. So uh, this is tricky for me again because I I don't have much experience eating fish sticks. But it sounds a little bit greasy. It sounds a little bit processed. It sounds a little bit like a tummy ache. So I think that I might actually need to pair this with a kombucha. So I need to pair this with a hard kombucha. They make those now. Um, uh, So kombucha is a fermented tea for anyone who doesn't know. And I think like a lemon flavored hard kombucha would be fantastic with some sort of frozen fried fish thing. It's, it's like the I'm, lemon with the fish and then the kombucha to help the tummy. I'm not, seriously, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. So I, I don't really know what kombucha is. Um, I'm glad that you explained it. Kombucha. <laughs> I just, um, I did just, I don't, I don't remember what we we're watching, but some woman uh, said that she makes kom- kombuchas now. And I think that's her business. And I don't even know, not the point. I know it's very trendy, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> um, again, I still like, frankly, the Pilsner is my, my best option here, but a white Zinfandel. Pilsner, white Zinfandel, or a lemon flavored hard kombucha. You he- heard it here on No Good Parents. Yeah. <laughs> and and seriously, I mean, let us know what you think. You can always email us if you have a better suggestion. You can find us, nogoodparents@gmail.com. Yeah, listen, uh, download our episodes, subscribe to get more. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to listen. We appreciate it if you do, though. It helps. Yeah, no. Um, and also, if you ever have any kind of scenarios that you want us to add to the list, we've got like a running list of scenarios that we are going to talk about. Yeah, serious or otherwise, we're happy to hear them and we will address them. So email us again at nogoodparents at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.